Hey everybody, how y'all doing? Hey, I am so excited about tonight's conversation. And for those that are on, I want you to be able to understand what is about to transpire. I have the honor to be able to bring someone on today that I know is going to be helpful. I have been able to be a part of or see this man's motion and, and the way that he loves people, the way that he helps people, the way that he impacts people. But I want you to be able to be involved in that. I believe behind any great man is also a great story. And for us to be able to be impactful People don't only need to be able to know what we're doing out in the street, but sometimes we want to know about the person itself. So today we're going to have that time. But before we even jump into that, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take some time and I want you to take some time and share this. Get this out to as many people as possible because you don't want to miss this conversation. So let's do this. I'm going to give you some time to do that and we will be back right after this. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing. With Anchor, I found that. I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. I am your host, Haim Roche, and here on this platform, we highlight ways where we where men can be able to experience greatness in their everyday lives. And today is one of those beautiful days that we're going to have an opportunity to be able to highlight some things where men can be able to see, gain some tools and some insights for their every single day life. I want you to do me a favor before we go any further, do me a favor and make sure, surely if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure also that you hit that notification bell so that you can continue to be along this con the conversations and notified on any time that we be able to come live and I'll be able to bring someone on that I know can be able to bring some form of insight, some form of wisdom, some form of guidance that will help us to become Great. Also, do me a favor. If you are listening to this for the very first time and you have not been a part of the Greatness family, I want you to make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast. You can do that on Spotify. You can do it on Apple Podcasts, Anchor. You can do it on Google. It's, I mean, a whole lot of different platforms out there that you can be able to do this because some people love to be able to listen to conversations on the go. Some people I know listen to it in their car, some people at gyms while they're walking, on their way to work, coming home, whatever that is, these conversations will be helpful conversations uh, that will help you in your everyday today life. So do me a favor. Make sure that, again, that you share this. And I am, again, so very excited about this conversation on today because today I have a dear friend of mine that is on that uh, I, I, I love 
deeply, truly, truly love and have so much of a high respect for this man. And so I want you to do me a favor. I want you to put your hands together. If you are listening to this in your car, tap the top of your steering wheel. If you've taken a walk, go ahead and put your hands together. If you're in here watching us live tonight from Facebook, from uh, from YouTube, from Twitch, I want you to make sure that you comment, show some form of love for my friend, my friend, Lavalis Hamilton. How you doing, sir? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> this is my dude. I really, really love yeah. this man, and there's so much I want to say. But, um, but do me a favor, man. Just introduce yourself a little bit to those uh, that this is their first time seeing you or hearing about you, and we can go okay. in from there. Got it, uh, man. First of all, thank you for having me on here, man. I'm I'm excited to dive in this conversation with you. Yes, um, my name is Lavalis Hamilton. Um, I am a husband. I'm a father. I have uh, two kids. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And I've been married to my high school sweetheart for, oh, man, we're going on seven years. Um, wow. we've, been, we've been together for 10. And so, yeah, um, that's my best friend there. Um, I was born in Texarkana, Texas. A lot of people may not know where that's at. Texarkana, Texas is literally right by Arkansas. So you go across the street, you're in Arkansas. On this side, you're in Texas. Um, I, I moved to Colleen, Texas in 2000 about the end of 2004. And so Colleen has pretty much been my second home since then. Um, I record music. I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I play drums and pretty much been around in the music scene for some years, pretty much my whole life. Um, and then just professionally, um, you know, I'm a city employee, work in the city, um, doing a lot of different things with events and all of that. But all around my passions are working with youth, um, and just really getting out there in our community and just reaching people where they are. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, well, again, I am excited. I'm excited to have you on. And um, I'm grateful that, that I was able to fit in your schedule. Uh, you know, with, with Mr. Lavalas, he, you, man, with your schedule, you, you're impacting man. so many people and, uh, you, you know, doing so many things, uh, very impactful things. And that's one of the things I do love about you. You're not just busy, but you're yeah. effective. And so, um, so I'm grateful that you took some time and uh, came and stopped by yeah. to have this conversation tonight. Um, so I want to go ahead and I want to really just dive right in. And I really want to kind of get a chance to one, before we go any deeper in, you know, into the conversation, really get a chance to know about Lavalis's history. Yeah. Uh, now, again, I, I've already stated you're a very impactful person. Um, for those that have not have had not had the opportunity to listen to the music that God allows him to be able to make, I promise you it is very, very powerful, uh, very, very impactful. Um, and I believe that this is just the beginning of a very, very beautiful long road ahead. Uh, you're very impactful when it comes in reference to teens. You're very influential um, in the city. You, you know, you really have your hands on impact in the city. And sometimes when I look at all of those different forums, mm -hmm. I'm like, man, what type of man is this? Like, really, where, where did this type of man come from yeah. where he has this type of heart? And where did this all come from? Mm -hmm. And so I want to get a chance to just, you know, let's dive into that and then we'll yeah. see how this conversation goes. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, man, <laughs> those are some awesome things you said, man. And yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'll say, man, so when, when I started doing music, I, I wasn't always doing music for God. I wasn't always, you know, using my gifts and, and talents for God. Um, like a lot of young people that come up, you know, in hip hop culture, um, loving the music. You know, you got your own ambitions. You got your own things you want to do it for. When I yeah. started doing music and all of that, um, it really was just to just for fun. I wasn't mm -hmm. even really doing it with a particular message in mind. I was just doing it for fun. Um, but eventually I had a cousin of mine who brought me in the studio one day and I was in there just rapping and singing and saying all kind of crazy stuff. I think I was like 11. Mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> he brought me out the studio. And he was like, yo, cousin, you know, you, you sound good, man. He was just like, but you ain't living none of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he told me. He's like, he just called me out, you know, cause I'm like, right. 11, I'm talking about cars and, Gucci this and you know all these diamonds and girls and I ain't had right. none of that you know and he told me man he, he put me on game and he was like man he was like 
if you're gonna do music, if you're gonna really try to get into this this game, this industry, he was like, you know, be real, be authentic, talk about something that you really experience, you know, talk about your life, yeah. try to pull things from what you're really experiencing. And so um, from that conversation, man, I really started to dig a little deeper um, mm -hmm. into my life. And I, he's, I really started being challenged to use my music um, as a sense of therapy. So it became therapeutic for me. I began yeah. to write about things I was dealing with, things I was experiencing, things I was seeing, pains I was feeling internally, how I was seeing myself. Mm -hmm. And then that just became my way of really just expressing who I was like that, like doing music at that age really started to help me to build some self-confidence um, about myself. Yeah. And so I was finding myself through the music and it wasn't until like, um, it wasn't until like years down the line that, you know, my direction with the music changed, but man, I was all in I'm battle yeah. rapping, uh, man, I was, doing shows. I was, I mean, you know, I was really into this man. And, mm -hmm. and at one point, at one point in middle school, I was uh, working with a producer. I was so dedicated that like I found a, a mentor and I was like, yo, I'm cutting grass. I'm playing drums. Any little money I can get to the side. I was paying right. this man to mentor me to teach me about the music business mm. because I didn't want to be young and go in and be ripped off by a bad record deal or something. So I was paying yeah. this man to, to show me the ropes. Um, and he took, he saw my talent and he started working with me. They sat down with my mom and they was like, yo, dude got talent. Um, we going to work with putting a demo together and pitch it to, to Def Jam because they had a, a connect and mm -hmm. they was real good about it. And right in the middle of me doing all that, you know, um, a wrench got thrown in the plans. Um, I got locked mm -hmm. up in juvenile. Uh, I was in eighth grade, got locked up, went to juvenile. Um, spent wow. some nights in, in juvie. When I got out of juvie, about a couple months later, I, I immediately went to the foster care system, and mm. I was in foster care pretty much from my eighth grade year to about the about the latter part of my sophomore year, and so that right there just took a different direction, yeah. um, and that's where God met me in that place right there. I always had kind of grown up in the church mm -hmm. and everything like that, but. Um, I didn't really have that personal, intimate, like, oh, I'm a surrender to you type of relationship. It yeah. was just like, I, I just knew who God was. I knew to respect him. I knew not, to, I would say every cuss word except the <laughs> one with his name in it, you know? So I, was, right. I, had, I had a respect for him, but <laughs> right. I didn't really have that intimate conviction to try to live differently. So, so that right there just took me on a whole nother journey, man. And, um, and I had many experiences being in the foster care system. Um, strangers coming and ministering to me. Mm. Um, I, I'll share this one right here. I know you probably know because I, I share it a lot, but I think the uh, a big turning point for me was was while I was still in the system, I was playing drums for a church. Mm -hmm. And after we were done playing drums or I was done playing drums, we all went to IHOP in Round Rock. Mm -hmm. And while we were sitting in Round Rock, um, this Caucasian guy came up to our table and looked at me and was like, God ain't forgot about you. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, in my mind, just to give you guys context of how powerful this moment was, I was still in the system. Um, but at this time I was, I came back to Colleen. I was living with my best friend and I was still running around. I was still running around in the streets and stuff like that. And I got into it with someone we were supposed to fight. Instead of fighting, they came and shooting at the party where I was at. So I had just been shot at at a party. Uh, wow. a weekend prior to this service. So I'm playing drums at this service and I'm in the IHOP. My mind ain't on God. My mind on some retaliation. Like my <laughs> mind is on some stuff like that at church. Right. So sitting here and this man tells me God ain't forgot about me. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, like, you know, tell me something I don't know, you know? Right. And um, he, he just says that. And then he walks back to his table. And in my mind, I'm like, that's it. Like, that's it. You know? <laughs> and it was almost like God, heard that and the man literally turned around in his tray turned around came back to my table to make mm. the story short that man put my whole life in front of me didn't know me from nobody the man was wow. with his wife he said he said we actually live in california they was coming they were just passing by around rock they just stopped to get something to eat and this mm. man put my whole life in front of me he said you got to give to write music and he said the reason why you find it so hard to write your lyrics right now it's because God has given you a gift and your gift is going to remain perverted until you use it for what I intended it for. Wow. He says, so until you use it for what I intended for, you're going to continue to be frustrated. Um, 
because I was I just had writer's block. I couldn't write nothing. I couldn't freestyle nothing. I didn't like nothing I was writing. It's like mm. he just frustrating my gifts and I couldn't use them. And he just he revealed that to me. And yeah. then he told me he said he said that um, God told me to tell you that if you don't make up your mind who you truly gonna serve, he said you're getting ready to die a short death or you mm. might spend the rest of your life in prison. Now I just told you to give you context. I had just got shot at at a party, so you know my mind wasn't on no none of that. My mind was on like how can I get this guy back? You know, right, can, right. You know, and then I was thinking too, like man, I feel like I was about to die like i always felt like a cloud was on me my music mm-hmm. even at that time mm-hmm. was dark and so i knew god was talking to me and uh i i, I remember i began to just kind of like fight tears i didn't want to cry because i'm in public and i'm like right i didn't i didn't want to do all yeah. that you know but i felt it and in my mind i felt like th- this man came to me strong you know he mm-hmm. didn't come to me on some you know god loves you and no he right. came like strong and i in my mind i was like i said man god God must be mad at me. Like he mad. Like, mm. and the man literally answered me. Like he said, I'm not mad at you. He said, I love you. And he said that, I know you've been separated from your family for, and then it just broke me after that. He's like, I know you've been separated from family and, and this and that. Mm-hmm. And he said, but God says, I'm going to use you. And then check this out, Hiram. He said, I'm going to make your name great in the city of Colleen. Wow. Now I just said we was in Round Rock at IHOP. <laughs> this man ain't even from Texas. This man from California. Don't know me from nobody. How you know I'm in Colleen? We wow. in Round Rock, <laughs> you know. So that just it really just it just blew my mind. Like my life was never the same after that. And that was mm. a prophetic moment. That was my first time really experiencing the prophetic. Now, mind you, I said I grew up in church, but I had never mm-hmm. experienced an encounter with the prophetic. The prophetic right. changed my life at that yeah. moment. And, um, you know, like most people, I can go on and on, you know, but like most people, I I, I gave my life to Christ that night, right? And mm-hmm. I, I didn't even eat my food after that. I wasn't even hungry no more, man. I was like, I gave my life. It messed you all the way up. It just messed me up, man. It's like, how, I mean, how do you go and eat your pancakes after that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that man said, you could die a short death. I'm thinking like, I can choke on these pancakes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> On my way back to Colleen, we might get in an accident or something. So right. I was like, it was a sense of urgency. And I knew God yeah. wasn't playing with me. And I knew mm. it was something he wanted me to do. And it just blew my mind that he said he wanted that he was going to make my name great um, in Colleen. And I just yeah. I just didn't know how or what. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, but mm. as I began to seek to follow God and everything, like I just started seeing where things in my life begin to change. And just like a lot of young, I was still, I was real young, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I had struggles just like a lot of young people. I, I know what it was like struggling with the flesh, struggling with lust. I mean, mm-hmm. I moved out of my parents' home at 16. That's when I left and just was on my mm-hmm. own really. Um, and I was staying with um, somebody from the church at that time. And then I mm-hmm. left from there, got my own place with a, with a friend. Yeah. I was still trying to live this Christian journey while being young and not really, you know, having just strong accountability. I was just yeah. trying to really serve God. So it was a lot of messing up and a lot of repenting and a lot of trying to figure it out and get it right. Yeah. Um, but one thing I told God was like, you know, I'm going to answer you and I'm going to answer this call, but don't let me, don't let me die. Like, don't, don't let me like, right. when I say don't let me die, I mean like spiritually, like don't let me mm-hmm. get in this thing and then, backslid and never you know fully committed yeah. service because i've seen that you know i've seen yeah. that a lot and right. so that was my thing man and so so yeah man that's that's a little bit of you know my story as far as you know what i was doing and 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 how god kind of reached me through music if he yeah. had never gave me that talent and that 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 passion for music i would have never been in nobody's church what kept me in the church was the fact i was playing drums mm. you know and uh and being real like they was paying me to play drums right so being right. young i was taking the church money playing drums and going to the studio and writing songs for the devil you know what yeah. i'm saying like yeah. it's crazy but that's what i was doing that's what my mind was but god yeah. used that to keep me in the atmosphere where i can, can hear the word and eventually he started moving and showing moving things around me man that got my attention yeah no, that one, that is a very powerful story. 
Um, but it also, in some sense, for a person, you know, I'll say like myself or those that are those that are watching or listening that that know anything about you. Yeah. It almost one of those things where it's like that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and and for me, the reason why I say that is because not just the aspect of your history and music and your dedication to being able to sharpen this craft, mm -hmm. but also for me, the main thing for me makes sense is how God had to get your attention. Yeah. And it's almost one of those things for me where it's like, it makes sense because in some sense, that's the same way you get ours. It's, it's I'm going to show you that God loves you, but it might, I'm, 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 it's almost like I got to shake you to get your attention. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to show you exactly where you are. Uh, I'm going to show you exactly where your life is at this present time. I'm going to show you what's actually going around in you or going on around you right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing all this to let you know that God hasn't, for, you know, God hadn't forgotten about you. Yeah. God still loves you. And to me, when I hear you minister in different forums, it's that same mentality. Uh, yeah. When when I when I hear you talk to youth, when I hear you through your through your music, when you know I had the chance to get an opportunity to hear you preach, um, yeah. you know even even when I got to hear you preach before yeah. Colleen, um, yeah. you know when you were when you were doing the youth ministry, it was like it's the same urgency has been a part of what you do and the mantle that you carry. And um, mm -hmm. and I love it. I really, really do. And again, it's like one of those things, just listening to that portion of your story, where it's like, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but what I do, what, what I thought about while you were talking is, how was the struggle to get here? Sure. Because see, a lot of people, we get excited yeah. about that context of it. Man, God hit him at the restaurant, messed his whole life up. Now he's changing nice. lives. <laughs> but there is a struggle in yeah. between. Yeah. Um, and so what was that struggle for you to get to this place of really kind of, I'll bring us to where we are, but really yeah. what was that struggle to get us to where we are now? Yeah, man. And I I think I'll say this to start. I think the struggle speaking for me, I don't think it ever stops. Mm. Um, it's almost like a thorn in the flesh, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I, I was doing an interview some months back and I was sharing with them at the time about the significance of my name and mm -hmm. just how I really had come to, to grips in the revelation of what my name means. Cause for growing up all this time, I always wanted to know like, where did my dad get Lavalis from? I have never right. been Lavalis before. Right. Um, so I began to study that thing out. And uh, through that, I found out that my name, you know, means strong man, but it also means the Valley. Mm. And um, when I began to study on that about the valley and what that means, and it really started to make sense to me because I always felt like my whole life just felt like a valley. Like, right. Right. you know, and right. every, every everybody's life is going to have, you know, those ups and downs. No one's mm -hmm. ever going to stay on at the top forever. You're not going to, yeah. you know, we had this saying, this saying now where we say it's up and mm -hmm. it's stuck. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been up, but it ain't never been stuck. You know. Right. <laughs> it, it comes back down. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's just how life works, and that's how that's just how it works. Um, but I begin to look at my life, and I begin to say, like, man, God, like, why has my life always just felt like a series of just darkness and valleys and being set aside and being like to myself, like I mentioned, being moving out at 16 and mm -hmm. for years, just kind of living on my own and, you know, mm -hmm. being to myself and missing functions and just, it always just kind of felt like, you know, it was just me. Yeah. Um, so that struggle, I mean, that the, the struggle to get here, man, geez, man, I could, we know where to start um, <laughs> but the struggle to get here like I mentioned earlier I mean it's it's a lot of it was a lot of test of faith mm -hmm. and and when I say that I don't say that lightly as in oh just believing that God is real no I mean like believing that God can continue to pick you up when you fall mm. um, because it's one thing to be like oh I know God can save me you know to believe God for salvation right I feel like that part's easy 
Um, mm. But believe in God to pick you up when you fall, when you feel like you've disappointed him or you feel like you let him down or you feel mm. like you let yourself down. Um, that's where that test of faith really came in for me through my journey. Cause I said, I, I started young mm-hmm. and being in mm-hmm. high school. So those temptations of high school and being young, that stuff never left. And then I'm right. I'm living in a home, you know what I'm saying? I got my own spot at, you know, 16, 17. Yeah. Right. So there was a lot of temptation. There was a lot of struggle. There was a lot of things that I had to resist, mm-hmm. um, and, and deal with in myself in yeah. order to stay on this journey. Um, I think the thing that kept me um, through it all is was those words like that encounter, mm-hmm. like that encounter. I always thought like, man, if God came to me and told me that I was getting ready to die a short death at that time. I'm like, I feel like I'm stuck now. Like I yeah. I have nowhere else to go. Like this right. is this is going to be my my new normal. This is how I'm going to live my life. Um, yeah. But I want to kind of. Yeah. I really want to paint a picture for those that's, that's listening because I can really talk. I got a whole album called Anguish that mm-hmm. really kind of goes into that. What you just asked me really goes into what that struggle looks like on this journey, um, walking with Christ and getting to this place. And and on that project, I really talk a lot about kind of metaphorically speaking about Jesus when he kind of went through that struggle. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, this is how I'm gonna answer it. So, so Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and he was in there praying, and the Bible talked about how his his sweat was like droplets of blood, and mm-hmm. you know, putting a whole. You got the disciples who are supposed to be standing up and interceding for him, but they they right. don't went to sleep. So mm-hmm. he's in this dark place, in this lonely place, praying and interceding and crying out to God the Father because he already knows he already knows what he's getting ready to encounter. He yeah. understands the call on his life. He knows he has a purpose. He knows what that purpose is. It's been clearly laid out for him, but Jesus gets to a point in his journey where he doesn't want to do it, yeah. where he's like, I, if this yeah. cup can pass for me, like, let it pass. Like, right. I, he already know that the moment he gets up off his knees, he's about to be betrayed by one that's close to him. Mm-hmm. He already know what it's about to be like when they spit in his face and pluck his beard and put them crown of thorns on his head and they mock him and tear his yeah. clothes. Like he's going through all of that. He's going through the cost of what it's going to take to save humanity, who him being a man and being God knows what it's like to be betrayed and be yeah. hurt by those that's close to you. So he here he is wrestling in the garden with his calling and sitting there and going, God, if it be your will, let this pass for me. But then saying, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. Mm-hmm. And that was a moment that I can identify with Jesus when it came to struggle and how did I get to the cross? Basically, how did mm-hmm. I get to carrying my cross? How did I get from, from there to here? Yeah. And so here he is in this place submitting to God. And you notice that in that text, the whole time he's crying out to God about letting this cup pass, God don't never say nothing. Yep. He didn't say nothing. He didn't crack open the sky. He didn't say, well, Jesus, you know, you did say you was going to do this. And you, right. you <laughs> talked about this before you came. Like, don't try to right. like now. Like, he didn't say nothing. Yeah. He was silent. It yeah. wasn't until Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, that God responds by sending an angel to strengthen him. Yeah. And when that angel strengthened him, the Bible talks about how being in agony he prayed more earnestly. Mm. Two things mm-hmm. happened in there. God gave him strength to continue, but he never took the agony away because he said being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Now mm. here Jesus is, is praying about taking that away from me and, and all of that. And God's and but then God says, No, I'm not going, I'm gonna strengthen you to basically still fulfill your call. Still do what I called you to do. Still make it to the cross to complete and finish what I sent you here to do. And you're still going to have that struggle. You're still going to feel that that you're what you're mm-hmm. feeling right now. I'm not taking that away from you because there's going to be people in the future that's going to feel that very same thing. And they need that to go to the cross because that mm-hmm. agony that you're feeling is going to be the very thing that's going to keep people from what? Doing my will and fulfilling the call on their life. And so if it wasn't for Jesus going in that place and being vulnerable and admitting that, man, like, I don't feel like doing this, like being at the crossroad 
of do I fulfill my call or do I sit back and just mm. do the easy thing, which is quit, give up? Why? Because I got to justify a reason. My struggles are my justifications. Like one, Jesus was innocent. He never did it. All those he never did anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like all he did was help people and serve people and be a light in his community. <laughs> you know, he never did anything wrong, but yet he was being persecuted. He had justifiable reasons to quit. And and any human being would have been like, yo, Jesus, you justified. Like, I get it. Like, if you don't want to do this, I completely understand. They don't deserve your blood to, to right. trip from the cross right. because of how they're treating you. But Jesus also knew that it was going to be some stuff we going to deal with. Yeah. That we could easily quit and be justified. Like, I'm out here trying to be a light in my community. I'm out here trying to serve in the church. I'm mm. out here trying to be obedient and be submissive. Why I got to deal with this? Why I got to be persecuted? Why, yeah. why I got to be lied on? Why you got to assassinate my character? You know what I'm saying? Like, what right. I do. Yeah. But God, Jesus went through those things so that we can be strengthened to endure in spite of. So, mm. so I, I think that's the best way for me to answer that, man, is that, like, is is how did I get from like what was that struggle like? Yeah, it was like that. Right. And my different struggles was, you know, it was different things. It was, you know, dealing with things that mm -hmm. I experienced in the church that kind of set me back, mm -hmm. uh, that that had to mature me in some ways. I had to to learn how to deal with, you know, we call it church hurt. It's mm -hmm. a whole lot of other things we can call that too. But then I also had to deal with, you know, being misunderstood, being persecuted, you know. Um, being overlooked, you know, being uh, criticized, you know, um, all types of things, dealing with stuff in my own life. You know, yeah. all those things were the ingredients um, that God used to get me to where I am now. And now and we say now, now is not a place of arrival. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. And like, like now is just kind of like how it was for Jesus. Like when Jesus got out that garden, he didn't immediately arrive to the cross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So now it's just me accepting that those things that I go through in my life are things that God used to equip me to get to where I got to go. Yeah. You know, so now for me, it's like doing projects like anguish, trying to mm -hmm. help people understand that um, you're going to deal with these things. But I feel like God wants to use me in some form or fashion to help people to not die in the process, mm -hmm. because a lot of people do die in the process. A lot of people right. do die in the journey. They don't make it out of the Garden of Gethsemane because they die there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, man, don't make me preach on here, man. <laughs> hey, man, you and already started. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> you and I just no, started. No, it, man. Don't get me going, man. <laughs> no, so I want y'all to do me a favor. All those that yes, are sir. listening to this, watching this live, please throw some love in the in the in the chat. Throw uh, throw some hearts because I mean, even throw some fire because this man is preaching. Uh, but what you're sharing is so truthful. I mean, we all have those Gethsemane moments. Yeah. Of where it's it's either our call or we just going to be like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, you know, yeah. but the reality of it is, is yes, he had a choice. Yes, I'm grateful that he allowed us to be able to see this vulnerable moment in, in Jesus' life. It, it was a moment really where we saw him at his weakest. Yeah. This, you know, this is really even throughout the whole time in scripture. This is his weakest moment. But he allowed us to be able to see it as well as he allowed, just like you pointed out, he allowed he allowed us to see that God didn't answer, <laughs> that God didn't say anything. Um, but he also allowed us to be able to see that he made the choice mm -hmm. to accept it. And now we are able to reap the benefits of that choice that yeah. he makes. And so I'm, I'm grateful that you have decided to make the choice mm -hmm. knowing what this looks like, knowing what the pain of this is, knowing all of those things. But the beauty of every single part of that is that for me, is that every stripe that he took was a benefit for us. Yeah. Every, 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 every portion of drops of blood that he, he that hit that ground was a benefit for us. So even mm -hmm. though he went through the struggle, it is a benefit for us. At yeah. the end of the day. And so I'm grateful that you have chosen to go through the struggle for the benefit of the people. 
because there will be and there are people that are benefiting from Mm -hmm. what you are going through, what you have been through, um, the wounds that you and the, you know, the scars that you have, the things that you have healed from, you know, we are learning and being able to be benefited from from that aspect. And so uh, for those that are listening, I hope and pray that you you hear this even for you. You might be in the same moment. You might be in a moment where you're going through, where you're struggling, where you're making, where you feel like you're at a point of where you have to make a decision. Is either I'm going to go all in knowing what this looks like, or I'm going to go the easier route. And the reality is uh, the easier route doesn't help. It Not per se that it doesn't help you. It doesn't benefit the actual call for yeah. the people that it's supposed to be for. And yeah. so this is an encouragement that it's worth it. Um, yeah. It's worth it. Now, it might hurt, but it's worth it. And yeah. so, uh, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful, uh, thankful, man, for you sharing that. I do want to ask a question because you have a heart for the people in, in, a, in a way that I believe is, is so transforming. And, and what I mean by that is you hear sometimes that people say, oh, man, I have a heart for people, but their their heart might be limited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be for a category or a group of individuals yeah. um, that they have a heart for. Um, but I have seen your heart literally go leaps and bounds over boundaries um, and being able to hit different categories of type of people. Um, and. The question that I have is, what do you, what in this season, because this season, as we both know, is a different season than any other season that we have all faced. Um, But when this season, what have you been feeling that the people need um, that you've been, that you've been able to share with them and minister to them uh, through the things that you're going through? What, What are you feeling that they are, that the heartbeat of the people are at this time? Yeah, man. I feel like people need healing. Mm. Um, healing, man. I and and like a not not on a surface level. I mean, like people's spirits are broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and and it's it's heavy. I mean, it's heavy. When I look into the church. Um, and, you know, we say like this season is completely different and this is not a particular congregation. I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. the whole entire body. Like it's right. just it's almost like the church has an injury. Yeah. Um, and we're still trying to go on and we're still trying to um, re reactivate that same or that old feeling or, you know, mm-hmm. you know how it is when you're an older person and you used to be really good and really fast at a sport. Right. And then you try to hop out there and you in your mind and in your heart, you still that young high school fast student that can run. But your body is not in that place. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of where it is with the church, kind of metaphorically speaking, where in our hearts, we see what we can be and we we feel it and we know it. But the body is is not in the place to be able to produce that type of result. Yeah. And that's because we have suffered some blows and we've 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 had some prolonged injuries that have mm. not really healed. Yeah. Um, but yet we're still trying to go on. And I think that now God, through the pandemic, through all this type of other things happening in the world, God has slowed things down yeah. and postponed and delayed the world around us so that we can heal. Yeah. So that we can yeah. really deal with things that we haven't dealt with so that mm-hmm. we can have conversations that we're not having yeah. um, because we've gotten so used to getting that high from external experiences that we don't yeah. really take the time to dig deep. So mm-hmm. now you see where people are starting to talk more about mental health and mm-hmm. talk more about being a Christian, but also doing life. And yeah. what that looks like right. when you have a family and you trying to balance a nine to five and 
you know, and not being so spiritual that you don't mm -hmm. take time to think about financially investing. So if yeah. something happened to you, your kids and your, you know, so now yeah. people are starting to wake up and see reality and they starting to realize, man, I'm not that same little high school student, right? you know, back right. athlete and I can't. So I need to like my body, my, my body got to catch up to where mm -hmm. my mind is. And I feel like that's kind of where we are spiritually, where God is just like, you know, there's a lot of hurting people sitting in our churches. You know, there's a lot of hurting leaders sitting in congregations that mm -hmm. haven't had time to heal. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like that's what's happening. And even in the world, even those that are not necessarily subscribed to a religion or subscribed to a congregation, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of healing taking place. Um, I mean, you know, black people like still trying to heal. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. We had the George Floyd, we had the Breonna Taylors, we had all the social injustice. And and though there hasn't been a big uproar recently, mm -hmm. uh, we haven't had a George Floyd, you know, scenario yeah. here recently that's got national attention. But there's still communities and cities that are still dealing with the ramifications of social injustice that has incurred. There's a lot of right. healing. There's yeah. a lot of blacks that are now struggling with prejudice and you never struggled with that before. You right. get what I'm saying? Like yeah. you never know what that feels like, but mm -hmm. social injustice brought that to your door. So yeah. now that's a wrestling matter. Now that's healing with that. I mean, there's so much that is happening. We're seeing kids fighting in schools more than we have before. Mm. Man, we see, you know, people shooting up in jobs and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and a lot of that is outbursts of anger, but a lot of that is stemming from, you know, undealt with, you know, trauma mm -hmm. and things that are not being talked about, you know, in, yeah. in our churches. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like because healing is what people are needing, the desire for the people is for something authentic, mm -hmm. for something genuine, something yeah. real, something that's not fabricated, you know, like yeah. you can no longer give people in this generation um, a Band-Aid for something that needs surgical attention. Right. And and I think that's just where we are now is people are just at that place where they're tired. Mm -hmm. They've been beat up. Yep. Um, they've been hurt. They've been let down. They've given all their money. They invested all their time. Mm -hmm. And now people are really looking at their lives from top to bottom and saying, whatever I do next has to be real. Right. And it has to be something that's impactful something that's not just going to impact me but it's going to impact my kids it's yep. going to change the course of the generation behind me like people are just in that space right now and i yeah. think it's a healthy place because it's a place where god can really come in and do what he does best mm -hmm. but he has to have vessels yeah and when people are hurt and people haven't gotten that healing that they need it limits, I, you know, I, I, I'm not speaking for God, but I'm just, mm -hmm. I, I think that it kind of, it kind of taints what come out of the vessels. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I saw yeah. that in my own life, you know, like I know yeah. the call on my life, but I knew like I was not in a place, you know, in that season where you were just going to get a happy song from me. Right. <laughs> because right. That, that, that wasn't my reality. And I could have easily just been like, well, let me just suppress that. Mm -hmm. and give the people mm -hmm. this but it was like no i want to show people like no this is what it's like like this christian walk is not always this and we're taught to suppress this and suppress that because yeah. joy comes in the morning you yeah. know um and all of that but it's like well what do you do <laughs> when <laughs> night carries on for three days <laughs> right <laughs> or depression stays with you for a month right. because you just lost somebody dear to you or you just yeah. lost uh, someone got murdered Joy didn't come the next day. Right. So it's like, right. how do you deal with this trauma? Yeah. You know, how do you deal with that when you don't even have the energy or the motivation to open up your Bible for yourself and find hope in the scriptures because yeah. you are so you dealing with trauma. Yeah. So it's just like I wanted to show people, you know, through that project and through my music and through my experiences in that dark place of this is what it looks like. It's a web. It's a mess. It's, it's yeah. nasty, it's dirty, it's dark, it's gloomy, but some kind of way in that darkness, God going to find you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he gonna find you. He gonna find right. you. He yeah. gonna find you. And when he finds you, and when he finds you, if you be honest with him, if you open up to him, he will start that healing process, man. But yeah, just to answer that question, I I definitely know it's healing yeah. and and relationships, man, just so this is why this is good. Yeah. Um, because yeah. when I did that project, I told God, I said, you know, it's not a commercial album. It's not something you're going to put in your car and you're just going to get turned up to it. Mm-hmm. No, it's something you got to sit with. And I told God, I said, I wanted to have more conversations yeah. about this topic. And so it's a blessing to be on your podcast today. Um, Thank you, man. Talk about what we're talking about, because that's a result of a prayer that I, I, I pray to God was mm-hmm. to be able to sit down and like, let's let's dig into those things. So, yeah, no, I'm again, I'm I'm honored and thankful that you that you're here because I do believe that there we are in a moment, like you stated, where we need internal healing. Um, and again, it's it's from the pulpit down. It's not just yeah. the congregational people, um, but it is from the pulpit down. And there is there is a um, a different momentum that's right that's moving right now just like you stated it is a different momentum and you do have a generation that is growing of where they're saying i want the real or nothing like either you're going to give me what this authentic thing looks like or i'm gonna go over here and find it for myself um and so um so i do believe that and 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 i believe that we are in a very interesting and a very uh very um, important time in history uh, mm-hmm. that we get a chance to be able to be a part of. But like you stated, I do believe that we do have to have these type of conversations um, because sometimes the reality is, is there's not a lot of people talking. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a lot of hurt. It's a lot of things that's happening, but like there's sometimes people just don't know how do they communicate their frustration? How do I communicate this when we've never had to before? Or when it wasn't okay to, you know, when, you know, I'm dealing with depression. And but if I've said it in the past, history tells me we're just going to pray about it. But it's like, but does that I need something to help me through these things. And so these conversations are important. Um, While you were talking, one of the things that I felt like I just really wanted to share or say is that the reality of it is, is, you know, there is a season of night. There is a season of night and there Mm -hmm. is joy that does come in the morning. And Mm -hmm. for whoever is listening, I I really want y'all to be able to hear and and understand this piece. Mm -hmm. The way that joy comes in the morning is because at night I communicate. I have to have a moment of where I can release this Mm -hmm. off of me. I can't carry this into the morning. So there does have to be a moment where that vow of whatever my pain is, whatever my struggle is, whatever I'm actually going through has to be communicated for mm-hmm. me to then be able to experience the joy. Mm-hmm. Um, the joy comes because the release is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when when I'm able to deal with, you know, my mental struggle, my, de- my depression, you know, when I'm able to deal with these things that I'm going through, when I feel like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I got so much pressure around me when I'm able to communicate these things to somebody that can say, Hey man, this is what you might want to do. Yeah. yeah. Let's pray. But Hey man, you're going through something mental. I can't really speak to that, but Hey, yeah. I got a number. I can connect you with this therapist so we can yeah. get this out of you. Yeah. Um, and so we have a lot of, you know, a lot of people, like you said, in this season that they have just been bottling and bottling the pain and bottling mm-hmm the anger and seeing, like you said, now being touched with this in a way that they haven't been touched before. So now you got people, like you stated, that didn't have no form of racial tension before. Mm -hmm. Now they like, oh, no, we all like, where where did this come from? Like, you ain't never been. But it's it's a new environment. It's a new environment. And we do have to look at this in a different lens to be able to say, okay, God, how are we talking to these people? Yeah. How are we giving them that moment of just release um, so that then we can be able to pour in? And so um, so I, again, I'm so thankful yeah. for you. I, I, I thought about as we went through this and I'm going to ask you one more question. Um, but as we went through this, I thought about just the different 
areas and the different placements that you're in. And I said, man, it's beautiful. Uh, the, 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 the areas that you're in are literally the places that you love to touch or mm-hmm. literally where you're, where you're, where your calling is effective, um, mm-hmm. in, in so much of a dynamic way. Yeah. And I thought about, it, I said, man, you literally do have a Joseph spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, majority of time we look at Joseph's spirit as being, oh man, everything Joseph touched was golden, sure. um, you know, which it was, you know, he, he was able to do things in a specific way of excellence that when he touched it, it produced something because of the type of spirit that he had. But also Joseph went through. Joseph mm-hmm. was a man of struggle, but mm-hmm. Joseph was a man that was always in the trenches where the people were. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph was always in the places of where where you saw the people that struggle and he was able to be in that environment of being able to speak to them and give some people guidance and hope. Um, you know, yeah. you've seen him go through his personal struggles as what a you know, majority of men probably would have failed yeah. at. Um, but he was able to overcome and deal yeah. with, you know, but you yeah. also saw that through all of those struggles and through all of those disconnects and through, you know, all of those places of where you would think that he would feel alone. Um, he got to a point into a position where he was able to impact a whole nation, a whole city because of the aspect of the call that was on his life. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like that you are in a prime position in your own personal life yeah. where all the struggles and all the things that you have went through, is going to posture you and put you in a position like it's already been said, but it's going yeah. to posture you and put you in a position where you'll be able to say, okay, this is what this was for, so that I can prepare a way for people to yeah. come and gather when they have lack. I can prepare yeah. a place for people where they can be come to a place of safety and a place of mm-hmm. comfort. Um, I can prepare a place, however God chooses to be able to use that, but I can prepare a place where I can show you how to gather for your future. And so, um, and so, I'm I'm grateful yeah. for again you not only just accepting the call but walking in it, even yeah. when you know, even when I know that there was probably moments where you was like, forget it, you know, yeah. even when I know that there was probably moments where you was like, man, listen, I'm out here doing this stuff by myself. People don't understand it, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to figure this thing out. I'm, you know, I hope I'm doing this right. All yeah. of those different questions that I know that through your journey you have you have went through. But I'm grateful that you didn't stop. Yeah. I'm grateful yeah. that you continued to go on. Um, and so, again, thank you, man, for for being you, uh, yeah. for being you, man. Thank you truly for being you, man. You you are someone that even though uh, we have an age flip, I'll say it that way. I ain't about to put myself out here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 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 yeah. I have so much of a high respect for you. Um, I've always had, I've, I've had so much of a high respect for you. And, um, and I, and in some sense, being very honest, I, I look up to you, uh, because you are truly a real man of God. And, um, and I appreciate, I appreciate the type of man that you are. Uh, and the reality is, is I love you, man, flaws and all, because yeah. that's, that makes you who you are. And so I'm thankful and grateful for the type of man that you are walking into, as well as the man that you are today. Um, so yeah. I'm grateful and thankful, man. So before I get teary eyed, let me go ahead and um, ask you this last question. Um, this, is a, this is a question that I make sure that I take the time to ask anybody that comes onto the platform, um, because I believe that this question is a very dynamic question for me. Um, and it allows you know, it allows other people to be able to kind of think of this thought process differently. Um, so the question is, what's greatness to you? When you look at or define greatness, what do you define that as? Mm. Greatness. What is greatness to me? Boy, that's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody that comes on, they say it, man. They really they say the same, same thing, man. That's how you're going to do me, huh? <laughs> Okay, so the first thing that come to my my mind is maximize potential. Um, when I think of greatness, 
no matter what lane it's in, I think of something or someone that has maximized their potential. Um, someone that. that has um, sacrificed it, worked towards it, mm. had like faith in God through it. Um, but whatever it is, whatever God has given them, they have maximized it. Um, yeah. They didn't leave nothing left in the cup. Um, yeah. Yeah. They drunk everything in the cup that God put in that cup for them to drink along with the suffering, whatever that is. I feel like if you maximize your potential, it's going to produce greatness. It has no choice yeah. but to produce greatness because yeah. I believe that God puts that potential of greatness in everybody. Mm -hmm. So everybody has a potential of greatness, yeah. but it only becomes greatness when they do something with it and maximize and use everything you had asked me a question prior to coming on here mm -hmm. and um you know about how you can you know keep me lifted and and, and things like that and mm -hmm. and i had said to you that um man just you know the accountability um and i share with you how my life's goal and i have mm -hmm. many goals in life but if i could summarize it all like my goal in life is to is to literally like to die empty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do not want to die with potential. Yeah. I don't yeah. like, I feel like I was born with potential, but potential is not something God wants me to take to the grave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Potential is something that is almost like it's a seed and it just, it grows. The more you, you use it, the more mm -hmm. you, you hone in on it. But I don't believe that it's God's will that any of us die with potential. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because it it just goes against the laws of I'm not a farmer, but it just it don't match with the seed and the harvest because yeah. every seed comes with potential to be whatever is in that seed. Yeah. That seed can't become what it's supposed to be and let it maximizes that potential that's with, that's inside of it. And so mm -hmm. if the seed's purpose is to be an apple or to be a, a watermelon, that if that seed dies before it turns into a fruit, it didn't fulfill its purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's how I feel about our lives, that we all come in this world with with potential, potential to be this, potential to do this and, and to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's up to us to determine what we're going to do. So, yeah. So to answer that, man, I, I definitely in order to, you know, be great, we have to maximize, maximize that potential, die empty. Um, yes, don't sir. don't die with potential. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, again, I um, I'm thankful for you, man, and I'm I'm thankful that you came on. I'm grateful that we had this conversation, uh, yeah. and uh, I don't believe that this is going to be the end. Um, I believe that we're going to have some more great combos together, yeah. um, because we do have more work to do, and uh, we got work to do. We have people that we are supposed to impact, and a yeah. lot of that is going to be through very great dialogue. Yeah. Um, and so allowing people to be able to get the freedom that they need through conversation and just uh, opening up people's minds. And so, again, I say yeah. thank you, man, uh, for coming on. Thank you for being yeah. a part. For all those that are watching, I want to make sure, even if you are watching the recap, I want to make sure that you take advantage and go check out my boy's latest album that he dropped. You can go be able to see this, I believe, what, in Apple Music? Everywhere, anywhere, everywhere, you, like, everywhere, you, everywhere you can get it, you can be able yeah. to go get it. Go get it now. I promise you uh, that this is a very impactful, power-packed type of CD and, uh, and album. I promise you, it's going to help you. Uh, I listened. I went. I was listening to it and went to. I almost start crying at, tra at track one. I was like, my man. God, I was almost crying man. with the man. I said, man. geez, dude, this, this is how you start something off right here. That's, that's um, the heart right now, man. Yeah, man. And so y'all yeah. want to make sure that y'all take advantage of it. For those that are listening on podcast or being able to watch it live, you can also be able to go to um, his website. The link is below. You can go to that. Check out his website. Also, you can, well, you go there. You can be able to get his music from there as well. But make sure that y'all support. Um, support my friend. Make sure that you, again, take advantage and listen to this. Because one of the things I love about Lavalas is that he creates music in the season that we're in 
to be able to help us in the season. You know, you have different artists that you'll hear their music and it's and it's one of those things that is it's timeless because no matter when you hear it, your your life might be in that season. And he is one of those artists that that gives us timeless messages through through this gift of rap. And um, and and so I want you to make sure that you go check him out. For all my people that are on here that um, that are on here that are watching live, also that are listening, I want to say thank y'all for coming on tonight. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. And as you all know, remember that we are here every first and third Monday at six thirty p.m. Central Standard Time. I love you all. Thank you again, my friend, for coming on and being a part of this conversation. And we'll see you next time. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye.